0: Welcome to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine, the music collectors' magazine since 1974, and that was Liege Lord "Fear Itself" from the album Master Control. And this podcast episode is going to be a treat for me because I'm going to have one of my best friends. He has been a friend since childhood. His name is Tony Trulio. He's the guitarist for Liege Lord, and. If you were into metal, specifically power metal, in the 1980s, then you would know Liege Lord, and their best album is Master Control, and it was on Metal Blade Records, 1988. But the band still plays, they still perform. Of course, COVID put a little stop on that. Liege Lord does very well in the festivals in Europe. Europe's always had a better understanding or better fan base for heavy metal bands, especially traditional heavy metal bands, more so than America. But Tony is more than a heavy metal guitarist. He is a fantastic guitarist of all different genres blues, jazz, folk, and as well as rock and roll. He's collaborated with Paige Hamilton of the band Helmet, and a lot of times they do side gigs. A band called the Jazz Wannabes. I thought it would be an excellent choice for him to come on the podcast and give, give the 10 albums that changed his life. So we'll be right back with Tony Trulio of Liege Lord. So let's start out with the first album you would choose.
1: I'm gonna try and go chronologically from, you know, being a little kid with an Italian mom and dad and a sister that's 14 years older who had, you know, seen Jimi Hendrix and Cream. And as you know, you know, my, my sister was into some pretty hip music. And, and I think before I even heard the Beatles, I think somehow maybe Elton John, you know, like Elton John might've been my gateway into, and I was playing the accordion at the time. That's the first instrument I ever played. And, uh, I remember, and it's an, it's an album that's not listed in his top, you know, albums, but that captain fantastic and mm-hmm. the proper, that album. I remember having that as a kid and just playing the crap out of it. You remember you being of Italian descent, you know, like in every living room was one of those 500 pound monstrosities that had a turntable speakers, uh, a liquor cabinet, <laughs> you know, it's like all built in with the Campari and the Galliano all, all, and putting that album on over and over again you know and then shortly after you know so i'd say that and then my sister gave me a magical mystery tour so that's where that a little bit of the guitar stuff started coming into my life right so keep track because i might go on i'm gonna try to try i did do this in my head quite a bit trying to think of how i got into the point where i met you and we started this chase for faster and heavier. You know what I mean? Um, so listening, I started to hear the guitars more, which, I mean, there's tons of guitars on Elton John. I was just thinking about that today. I was listening to the Elton John on my walk and I'm thinking, I think his guitar player's name is Davy Johnson, right? What a good guitar player that just kind of flies under the radar, you know? So once that magical mystery tour is like, I started to see some darkness, yeah, you know, yeah. ye- yellow matter custard dripping from a de- dead dog's eye. Some spate psychedelic, mm-hmm. um, you know. Some some lyrics of stuff. And, and you know, growing up with Roman Catholic Italians and attending Catholic school, I was looking. You know, we're looking. Wow, look at it. this other stuff's a lot cooler, man. You know what I mean? It's darker stuff. I'm digging on that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, my sister. I I get her records when she leaves and. In there, I'm gonna name a couple and I'm gonna pick a few of those. I remember first door doors album, right? Listening to that going, oh, it's pretty cool, though I wasn't a big keyboard guy because at that point I gravitated towards the guitar. This album made definitely. I'm gonna put this would be my number three. I guess we're number three Disraeli Gears by Cream. Mm-hmm was I and my sister told me about seeing them and i put that on and i was like this is some shit this is some good stuff you know and in between that stuff and i still have a lot of her albums when she passed away i kept a lot of she had given me like the core of stuff that really got inside of me you know so i'd say this really gears and in there was crosby stills nash all the stuff from that era you know but then a lightning bolt from hell, just like struck me. I put on You Experience. I had the, uh, you know, the joy of l- listening to those, those uh, 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 and looking at them on that cover. And I was hooked. That was it. I, I, That led me to the guitar. So like harder than usual. I got more into it and started to take a little more serious, start to throw. All the sports and shit to the side right that's when 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 uh and i love thurman munson and bucky Dent. those posters would come off the wall and up went jimmy and led Zeppelin. You know some people you know hear other styles some people might have thought the doors was cool and i love robbie krieger but and, and all that stuff led to me and i wasn't the biggest doors fan because it was so drenched in keyboards and i was such A a narrow-minded little guitar nerd, you know? Mm -hmm. But, that, you know, May This Be Love, Manic Depression, holy cow. Why can't I count this song? I'm used to doing one, two, three, four, and in comes, oh, one, two, three, waltz time. It's like another cool thing that eventually I, I would learn about. So, you know, I immersed myself with that. Realistically, how many albums did he have, right? He had the first three. And then Band of Gypsies was kind of like... From what I read, it was almost like a a, to pay a debt off or a a bad con. He signed a lot of contracts. You know, it's a young Mm -hmm. dude that's been that was taken advantage of, just like uh, other geniuses like Prince. You Mm -hmm. know, put your name on here, put your name on here. You know, I I don't own two of the albums that I I, that I did. You know that that I wrote the songs on. I don't own those. I own I own one album that was supposed to be you know re released at some point. So, you know, when you're young and hungry, you know you don't always double check with a lawyer, you know. So Hendrick signed a lot of stuff, man. And and I know his family got involved later, which is a little more protection, but who's to say that he might've said to someone, and you know, I know Eddie Kramer was always looking out for him. Who's to say he might've said, shit, I don't ever want this stuff to be heard. And now it's heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm grateful for it because I like to listen to him. Some of the things, you know, we all go out of tune. It happens. Uh, you know, live in, in 1967, 68, when you're using a Stratocaster shit's going to happen. I just don't know if it was okay with him. I'm thankful that I get to hear it because I found some wonderful gems, you know, like that, all that stuff he was working on later, that first rays of the new raise, rising sun. I mm-hmm. mean, that's to me that, that is like some of the greatest shit I've ever heard. I mean, I, I, as much as I love his older stuff, I like the direction. It was like evolving into something new, you know? So I'm, I'm grateful. Cause it influenced me to hear what he was working on and, you know i know not all of it's done from what i've read i've read quite a few books on him and studied him extensively you know he, he is the reason why to me the stratocaster is the greatest thing in the world i love i love it because of him um you know i immerse myself with jimmy i really yeah, yeah. i go through phases because you know there's there's three three let's count Band of gypsies let's say four while he was on the earth man and like, I want to hear what else he was doing, but I just don't know if that's okay. You know, I had that Hawaii stuff as a kid, my sister, my sister had Rainbow Bridge, you know, and a lot of that stuff was out on other stuff on other forms. And you know, Pat, there was that, the the amount of searching we did for music. I mean, I remember going into, there's a place on, I think it was on Thompson's so many. Hendrix CDs and Stevie Ray Vaughan in, in mm. the nineties, and I and I just bought that stuff. I it, there was no thinking about, wow, he's dead. It, it, you know, was this was it, was was he okay? It was just like wow, more Jimi Hendrix because mm-hmm. I only you only had that certain amount of stuff that you can get. You know, I'd say I'd say, <laughs> are you experienced? Is it my favorite? Like, as I name each artist, it might not be my favorite, but what affected me because mm-hmm. of the experience records, I'm probably gonna go, I'd say, Axis as bold as love. You're, you're asking me to like, you know, you know. do I want, you know, you give me like four bowls of different pastas that are all excellent, which one do I wanna eat from? All of them, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It's, I think when you listen to things um, over and over again, sometimes you don't realize, you know, which is leading to my next important album you hear stuff and you're like damn i'm 55 years i've had this album since i was 10 years old and i freaking never heard what i just heard there's something out you know which leads me to the master of of hidden guitar tracks jimmy page you know mm-hmm. like i'm gonna put led Zeppelin. so so now you know trying to pick a favorite zeppelin album is so difficult because they've changed so much and and I'm always I'm always defending Zeppelin when someone says oh, I don't like presents. I'm like, are you nuts? Yeah, yeah nobody's no. fault. Mine, Achilles Last Stand. You know, like, are you crazy? So one. One. yeah, man, it's like the chameleons that they could be. You know what I mean? They could they could they could do Led Zeppelin too, right? One of the freaking coolest heaviest albums. And then they put out Zeppelin three with all this beautiful acoustic shit. You know, it's just like, but that. You know upon first listen that's the first that one that's another thing that was in my sister's collection you know so that's i'm gonna put that as one of my top top 10 and you you know when you you could put headphones on and you could put any one of those songs on you're gonna hear something that you might have missed a lot the next time around and, and you know i don't know if it's like early dementia or something <laughs> or or Or, you know, it's just that good, man. I'm like, where did Jimmy Page layered so many cool tracks, man? You know, to think that these guys, I'm naming guys that were in their 20s doing this stuff. And I'm 55, and I'm still like, shit, man, I've been playing since I was 10. And, like, this guy is, he was that brilliant at that age. Same thing with Jimmy, you know, Hendrix and, you know, what, what, they were all that stuff. You know, we didn't probably... Listen to in through the outdoor and take it lightly because we were hard rockers. But, mm-hmm. but as a mature listener, I go back, and I'm, I'm just like, I didn't give it a chance because it's still it's John Paul Jones, it's Bonham, Page and Plant doing what they do. But it's a mm-hmm. different. It's once again they changed. And Even even Coda, you know, I know I know Bonham died, and I think John Paul Jones had to go in and clean that stuff up. There's some valuable stuff on there too, man. They're still showing you that we're the best, you know. So, so the, pretty important band to me, you know, as much as I love Hendrix, you know, if you're gonna say what's the best rock and roll band in the world, you know, I'm gonna say, as most people might say, and I love the Stones, and I'm gonna leave this, them off of this, but I, I love Hendrix and I love the Stones. I gotta go with Zeppelin, man. I gotta go with, with Zeppelin. Um, you know, I remember taking a, a blues class sometime in the nineties at the new school in New York. And it taught me more, obviously I knew about the Robert Johnson's and, you know, blind, uh, Willie McTell and, and, a lot of the Sun house, uh, you knew about those old and, then my teacher putting on vinyl back in the nineties puts on, and he says, you know, this guy I'm about to put on makes, uh, James Brown sound like an opera singer. And he puts on blind willie johnson and i'm listening to it and i'd never heard this before and i hear nobody's fault but mine nobody's fault i'm like oh no they ripped that off too right <laughs> i didn't know that i never knew that and i was like but it was brilliant of them
0: as a kid you had a lot of alice cooper and queen in your record collection
1: loved the old alice cooper you know i love but those albums are good because of the other guys that he was playing with they helped him write that stuff you know we you know he said we got a local legend Dennis Dunaway lives here in Stanford mm-hmm. you know I mean he's he attributed to why that band sounded so phenomenal you know I mean we opened up years ago we opened up for Blue Coop which I know you know who it is the Bouchard brothers from to mm-hmm. Cole and Dennis and we played I, I think maybe was it Montauk I can't remember what was it. you know and I was the, I was like and I you know I hadn't seen Joe since he did our second Metal Blade on me, produced the second Metal Blade on me. And I, you know, I went back there, we had different dressing rooms, and before we played, I, I had my Sharpie. I walked up, you know, like a little dweeb, you know, like I'm gonna use my West Montgomery play along jazz disc and I went up to both of them and I had the Bouchard brothers sign Some Enchanted Evening, which is it's another album I, I, I you know. Loved, and I didn't know which Alice Cooper because I loved them, So I just took the best of it and I had Dennis sign it and I still have that. man. And you know,
0: I That's generally so don't go
1: after autographs, but when people like that have affected me that much, I'm like, you know something, I want them to know what they did, man. I want, their, I want them to sign stuff Yeah, yeah. Well. But I have, I have all those vinyls from that you, you remember. I have all of them and killers. I still have in that album came a poster of him. I still have that, but I cut it out and I hung it on the wall. And, you know, you knowing my mom and dad very well, you know, <laughs> a, a guy hanging from a noose on your wall is not generally, you know, great. You know, we're talking about the time when your mom's still coming in and grabbing your dirty socks. And, you know, my mother's looking at this. She goes, what's the matter? I said, oh, it's just, you know, it's, you know, but they never said, you know, they were cool. They never said, take it down. It's the opposite, man. They got a some, some bunch of Southern Italians, Roman Catholics, and I put up all sorts of shit on my wall and they were, they were cool with it, you know? I had all no, the Queen, no, no, no. and you know what I loved? I mean, like, its I know it's a popular one because of the hits, but, like, you know, News of the World, you listen to the stuff that what, spread your wings. I mean, there are some six, I mean, you talk about a signature sound. I always think of guitar players, regardless of what style that you play, when you, it's almost like your signature. I mean, like, you hear one note from Brian May, and it you know it's him it's just such a unique unique sound you know you just you hear that and you're like it's same thing whether you like santana or not you hear carlos and it's like what i mean i've been in restaurants and there's you know spanish music going on and you know that there's a guest solo by carlos santana because it's not an imitator i i know that's him you know and you hit the shazam and you're like see i told you featuring carlos santana you know so that's something about Brian May, man. It's very unique. And I think all the guitar players we're talking about, that's why in the rock field, they're um, they're probably loved so much. It's like they're unique. You know, you can try and imitate them. And, but they, they're just, there's something about anyone that puts their heart and soul and puts a lot of time and practice in, in, into the instrument. And if you love it, I'm never going to judge you. You sound like whoever you want or you... Tr- try and be whoever you want there you know in, in, in this messed up world we're living in if someone wants to sound just like albert king then that's fantastic man go spread what albert king was because he's dead and gone go spread what he's about and i remember reading stevie ray vaughn when he played on bowie stuff and he was just like he said uh, you know i'm trying to spread albert's sound and, and he did you know what i mean so that's that's my thing man. Play music. It's safer than a lot of other things that are out there. If you if you want to sound like Ingwe Malmsteen and you can play like that and you enjoy it and you're happy then do it. Go for it. It's all good. You don't always music isn't just to, for people to write original songs. There's a lot of people out there playing cover songs every weekend, working their asses off who lost a lot of money in the past 15, 16, 17. It's, it's you know this is being a teacher, that's what I tell my, the stu- my students, I'm like, just, just enjoy it. You know, I don't care if, if it's, whatever it is, if it's hip hop, I'll even find guitar, sample guitars, I'll teach them that, whatever I can do to lure them in to music mm-hmm. because, you know, sometimes in, in a kid's life, sports is temporary. It, it can mm-hmm. be taken away from you. And we just saw last year how everything can be taken away from you. You know what, mm-hmm. No, the guitars, the drum sets, the bass, the mics, the keyboards, those weren't taken away. Those were still yours in a world that got so messed up, you still could play music. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I know you're, you're an avid music fan. You love, you know, the quest for speeding things up and playing faster. My cousin, Nick, uh, came home. He was the the, the bringer of heavy metal onto the little street with, uh, you know, 20, 15, whatever, Italian immigrant families all hanging out. And this is this mate. And it's, it's. It's not a real live album, but I didn't know that. Unleashed in the East. Yeah. yeah. I heard that and I was like, holy, you know, and it was one copy. So I had to listen to it there and I'd beg them to bring it home because <laughs> we live next door. And that started and you know, what's you know, it's interesting. I listened to, they put out some 50 year thing that mm-hmm. just came 50 years of metal or something, right? Like a best yeah, off. Yeah. And i'm listening to those live tracks and i think these are songs that we've had on bootlegs and stuff in the back and i'm listening to like i'm like they were good man they were so tight and -hmm. i know unleashed in the east was they went and touched it up a little because i remember having i remember having the actual show was like two two records and you can hear the difference there's some mistakes rob's a little you know not as on key as he is on on that, he still sounded great. So that that's pretty important to me, man. People yeah, yeah. now people now are getting into metal, or I meet these you know. I'm four, this is like this the second life, even though we haven't been there in a couple of years. I go to Europe and I tell people about Lomor's, seeing Lemours, shows at Lomor's, and seeing Metallica in little bars, you know. Yeah. yeah. And you know that <laughs> they're like, well, how many times did you see him? I'm like, well, I don't know. I had a group of friends that would get in a car. And if Judas Priest was around, we'd go to New Jersey, we'd go to Massachusetts, we'd go to New York, we'd go to Connecticut. So you saw him like five times on that tour. You know, when you talk about favorite, and what you asked me, ten, that changed my life. Favorite, you know, most people that ask about what influenced our band, I, I usually tell them it's the 70s, Judas Priest. You know, yeah, yeah. The, the, the 80s. I, I hung as long as I could once it came to turbo, you know, and, and I always loved listening to Rob's voice. I don't care what he's singing. I think he's probably, you know, one of the greatest singers that ever stepped into not just metal, but hard rock. I mean, this, I, I, what I liked about KK is the Hendrick stuff with the whammy bar and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know that was a big influence on, on him, but you know, I listened back and it's funny. I was listening to there's a live version of beyond the realms of death on that new 50th 50 years of metal. And I'm listening to him. I'm like, I'm like, I know why I liked this guy so much back then. Cause he played from, the, just played from inside, man.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and we're not talking about an, an age of shred. And though there were people like Al Demiola, there were people, Alan Holdsworth, there were guys blowing, but I didn't know that stuff. I mean, these guys were like pushing, the guitar into a little bit of not that they were better than jimmy page or Hendrix, it was just different man it was more aggressive mm-hmm. and that's what we were looking for we we're looking for something a little more aggressive it's whatever form of rebellion it was you know what i mean i don't know but it, it just it turned us on to hear that stuff man you know i love Stained class it's probably my all-time favorite but i didn't get that until after mm-hmm. you know I, I got you know that unleashed in the east which and it's because i got not that i like it I, I, it is one of my favorite Maiden albums, but the next thing I heard was Killers. You know it, the, that Killers album, and, and I was so lucky to be, you know, in in ninth grade and see Judas Priest and Maiden at the Palladium. Man, luckily my biology partner's father got us tickets, and you know, he, you know, I think he had a little dough, and he had, he had us in. He had a limo pick us up, and so I saw. A fourth row, so what was that, Pat, 81, right, 1981, right, sitting right in front of, I was in front of of KK, and, you know, first Maiden comes out with Deano, I mean, when you tell, this is, I tell people, we saw Deano, you know, we're older than a lot of the the people I meet in Europe, we're 20 years older, some of them even not, but the fact that we were into that scene at that era, like in ninth grade, you in 10th grade, we could go we, we could go to New York and see a heavy metal show. I saw Twisted Sister. I think I was drinking beer, you know, in 9th grade at a Twisted Sister show in a bar, you know, and saying, this is cool. This is like, these guys are in drag. There's fence around. They're loud. They're heavy. I, like, you don't want to go to, back to school the next day. You want to just, you know, riot. See a riot with,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: you know, with the original riot. Seeing shows. Um, when you tell people you saw Fire Down Under shows, you know, with Guy bronze and like, you know, I call it the Paisan band, the Italian riot. It's, you know, Guy Speranza, Mark Reali, Rick Ventura, you know what I mean? Like, holy, how good were they? How, how did that band not get further with that album? That album how, should have, it, it packed enough ammunition to skyrocket them. And, and, oh, so I got, what am I at, nine?
0: We're at the last one.
1: All right, I got it. I can't forget, you know, as much as I love that stuff. And I was going to put some, th- 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 we're talking about what influenced me early on, because later the Stevie Ray's and the jazz and all that stuff, West Montgomery boss guitar. Like I started to hear this stuff that I fell in love with and I'd play with a couple yes. of dear friends, one of them being page, you know, my, like my, another family member like yourself. Paige Paige Hamilton. Hamilton. Yes. Uh, another finding from my cousin. So, you know, it's, it's funny how my sister and my cousin were so influential giving us me music and um the second i heard (laughs) boom 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 boom, that one note michael anthony van halen won just what eddie van halen did for the feel that i was in i mean that's in 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 the rock hard rock Mm -hmm. metal world you've got hendrix and the guitar stays in rock this Phenomenal players, phenomenal. Richie Blackmore's, who another... Everyone I'm mentioning I love dearly, you know. But then here comes someone that reinvents it. And that doesn't happen too often. And, you know, you got hats off to Eddie. You know, it's just... That album just changed the way... The whole game of guitar playing, it pushed you harder than it did before, you know. And if I live another 10 years and play guitar every day, like, I'll still... I'm not gonna be a pimple on Eddie's ass, man. I mean, I, I, that guy just, just flowed, and there was creativity just blowing out of him. So, I would say those are ten early, very influential albums.
0: What's next for Liege Lord?
1: We have, we almost have, have a full album written. It's in the vein of the last album. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the stuff we've done. It's a lot of hard work. You know, it's we've spent a lot of time in lockdown, many, many late nights with Danny, Matt, Joe Camo The you know, we spent a lot of time, Vans heard some tracks and you know, hopefully we can bring it all together. It's just, it's not like the old days where everybody, all five people live in a town, you, you get a little budget from the record company and you go into a studio, you bang it out. It's not like that anymore. And I know I'm not very savvy with recording. You know what I mean? I'm not, Danny's learning and we, we do have Joe, bought, we got joe set up with a whole you know computer and recording tools and danny's got one that hopefully we're all going to use you know
0: who's your drummer now
1: van williams from he was in a band called nevermore that broke up mm-hmm. he's upstate new york and you know we're just, we'll try and bring it together as soon as we can
0: thanks for doing this tony.
1: pat my pleasure
0: thanks tony for taking the time to do the goldmine podcast This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine. Everyone, don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content and shop.goldminemag.com for exclusive vinyl and vinyl variants. A lot of vinyl, a lot of collectibles in our Goldmine shop. Also, don't forget to go to Barnes & Noble and booksamillion.com to pick up the print edition, the latest print edition. That's all for now. See you next time on the Goldmine Podcast.